It's now official. Joe Biden is a well-meaning elderly man with a terrible memory. Okay. Well, we kind of already knew that. But he's still okay to be president? Talk about all that today along with the Tucker-Putin interview and so much more. It's on all today. Eric's America. Now freedom needs each American to dedicate himself to its preservation. We must not allow our liberties to be endangered by neglect of our duties as citizens. Learn the facts about all candidates and issues. Then, vote for the one you believe in. Guard your American heritage of freedom. It needs you. Hello and welcome back. I hope you're enjoying this Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I'm here. I'm doing this. Um, Sure, I'll check out some of the Super Bowl. Uh, Just, I don't know. It's not my thing. I don't have a a dog in that fight, really. And um, I don't know. I'm more of a I'm more of a college football fan, as crazy as that is. Uh, which you know, obviously, is more and more common these days. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it is what it is. But I hope you're enjoying it. Um, should be interesting if you can get by all the um, Taylor Swift uh, attention. Uh, you might be able to see the game and enjoy it. But we're going to jump into all this today because it's been an interesting week and uh, there's probably a million different uh, opinions on where this is headed. So we'll get into all of it. Before we do, I want to remind everybody to like, subscribe, rate, review, stars, five stars is the appropriate a number of stars if it allows you to do so. Uh, but anything you do on any of the platforms, you get the podcast, review it, like it, you know, rate it, whatever the option is, it does help out a whole lot. It just basically lets the algorithm know that somebody liked it and it just pushes it further up the um, charts so other people will check it out or they decides to recommend it to more people. So anyway, it's a good thing. It's a good thing and it really helps out a whole lot. So we're going to get into all this today. So much going on. Um, looks like there's a new offensive with the Israelis going into Palestine, into Rafah to actually root out the centralized part of Hamas. Um, of course, there's going to be big blowback from all that. It's one of those things like at some point this was going to happen. It was inevitable. Like it's been inevitable probably my entire life that at some point somebody was going to have to go in and take care of these uh, terrorists. I mean, they're just going to have to. There is no other way. They're not going to stop. That's the thing. If there was some way to persuade people to uh, think differently, uh, that would have already been done by this point. But it, there just really isn't. There is no way to live with this situation. I mean, they literally will dig the uh, pipes out of the ground and cause the, the their own people, their own country uh, to not have fresh water just so they can make more rockets to fire at Israel. And if you think for some reason that it's uniquely Israel that don't want um, to allow this group of people uh, into their territory, 
uh, you would be wrong. I mean, this is a group of people that have caused so much trouble, so much destruction, and so much uh, just pain and suffering that literally everyone around them, and it's and it's an ideology. I need to understand that. It's, it's not a thing where it's like, well, no, these people are just bad because of who they are. It's the ideology that has been taught and 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 brought along uh, in this group of people by you know certain uh, members uh, have have just fostered this horrible ideology that uh, places like Egypt and and surrounding areas uh, literally will not. I mean, they have huge walls as well to say no, you're not coming in here. We don't want all the trouble. It's uh, it's really amazing, and it's something this could all be resolved with just a change in ideology. And so we're going to see where it goes, but it is uh, really and truly insane uh, where it's at. Um, but then again, you know, we have now been involved. We're getting involved with uh, Iran because, of course, all this is backed by Iran and Iranian money um, that— you know, was made available by us and by this administration um, and through several means. People will argue and say, well, they didn't give them directly. They unfroze some money. Now they're trying to refreeze it. Uh, but other than that, they're not giving them money. They're not, you know, Barack Obama giving them uh, billions of dollars. And that's not true. By the U.S., going down this climate insanity, climate cults situation and shutting off the amount of drilling and the production of oil and driving the price up, you have gifted Iran just billions and billions and billions of dollars. And that could also be linked to Russia and Russia starting the war in Ukraine. We're going to talk about some of that today too. It is very strange. That has seemed to uh, gonna go by the wayside uh, a little bit. Uh, Congress brings it up from time to time because they want to uh, really, 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 really spend a lot of money. Uh, speaking of which, here is a Republican, because uh, they tried to stuff all this money for Ukraine and Israel into uh, the crappy, terrible, horrible border bill that um, they wanted to pass. It's just all of it. None of it's good. Let's put it that way. And by the way, I just saw today Mike Lee has been in Congress, uh, you know, on the floor speaking for um, was three days. It's just unreal. Uh, a true old school filibuster. It's uh, interesting. Uh, here is uh, just what I'm talking about with uh, how these people just love, 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 love war and keep it rolling. Speaker Johnson said, I have seen enough. This bill is even worse than we expected. It won't come close mm. to any of the border catastrophe the president has created. As the lead Democrat negotiator proclaimed, under this legislation, the border never closes. If this Sorry. bill reaches the House, it will be dead on arrival. Your thoughts? Yeah, un unfortunately, he would step out and be able to say that right away before, obviously, he had had a chance to be able to read it as well and to be able to go through it. The key aspect of this, again, is are we as Republicans going to have press conferences and complain the border's bad and then intentionally leave it open? After the worst uh, month in American history in December, unreal. now we've got to actually determine, are we going to just complain about things or are we going to actually address it? Okay, but the bill doesn't close the border. In fact, you just said it doesn't close the border. But what it does do, he finally comes out and tells you what he wants out of it. It has nothing to do with closing the border. 
change as many things as we can. If we have the shot, and it's amazing to me, if, if I go back two months ago and say we had the shot under a Democrat president to dramatically increase detention beds, deportation flights, lock down the border, to be able to change the asylum laws, right. to be able to accelerate the process, no one would have believed it, and now no one actually wants to be able to fix it and says, I don't want to even debate it, I don't want to discuss it. We have to decide as Republicans, what are we going to actually do about the border, leave it open or actually leave it closed? Okay, so the bill doesn't do any of what he just said. What it does do is spend a whole shit ton of money on Ukraine and Israel, which, if you don't know, I think I've explained this, um, all that military spending and all that, that isn't just shipped in a bank account over to Israel or I mean, a lot of it was sent to Ukraine for a while. But mainly what all the money is now is basically senators sign up for it because in their district they have a uh, some sort of manufacturing of war materials, whatever that shall be. And, of course, these kind of things really boost the economy. They hire more people. The wages go up. You got more people, you know, happy and making a decent living, building, you know, weapons of war to fight some war and nobody cares about. But, you know, it's their money funding. It's just it's a horrible cycle. But uh, they vote for it because it makes them look better. And then they can go on the campaign and say, hey, y'all are happy. Y'all have decent jobs and, uh, you know, you're eating well. And uh, don't worry about all that other negatives from all that. But anyway, that's what he's talking about. It has nothing to do because essentially this bill doesn't do any of the things he just said. Like, that was the point. That's why all these people read it and said, this is terrible. It says that uh, the president can close the border if it reaches 5,000 encounters or more a day, which is still freaking insane, just out of control. And what it does do is increase a lot of the things that they are trying to decrease, which is, you know, the asylum seeking and everything else. I mean, everybody knows. I mean, they literally tried for a while to say that illegal immigration had went way down because all the people showing up were saying they were... um seeking asylum so they're like well they're asylum seekers so they're not illegal immigrants so illegal immigration is down it's just insane like all the tricks they've tried to all the sleight of hand and then this bill saying oh yeah you know the president may close the border if it gets to this point well he's never going to do that and he doesn't have to it doesn't you know the bill doesn't specify that he has to or it doesn't even say for how long i mean it's just unreal it was terrible the biggest parts of it was you know, a whole lot of money for Ukraine and everything else. And the the Republicans said no. Well, some Republicans, that guy didn't. But most of the Republicans said, uh, yeah, this is DOA. It's not going to happen. We're not voting for this, which is good. That's good. The border is uh, something everybody's starting to get in on. People are starting to realize that it's a huge problem, not just on the Republican side, but the other side's starting to realize how bad it really is, how bad it's truly getting. Here is, I played last time, um, uh, Rappaport, you know, because of the migrants uh, beating up the cops in New York, you know, he went off about it. Here is uh, Bill Maher talking about how stupid this bill is. I mean, even he gets it. 
acting? Yeah. Is Joe, is, is Joe okay. Biden saying, you know what, if you just give me a new law, a new law, why doesn't, the president can fix this. He already has the existing law. And border patrol this, this is also right silly. I need a piece of paper from Congress to deal with the border. No, you already have that. Yeah, I mean, he gets it. He gets it. And one that really um, blows my mind. Now, this one's really going to blow your mind. You don't think the left is figuring this out. The left is figuring this out that this is going to kill them, and they're trying desperately to figure out a way out of it. Because even Reverend Al, Reverend Al even started calling it an invasion. Here's Reverend Al on the border. What is being done to uh, get the public uh, to really uh, rise up in various states to say to their senators that they want to see the borders, uh, the border issue resolved? I mean, you're getting migrants beating up policemen in the streets of New York. You're seeing an influx of migrants all over the country. Mind you, this is a guy that goes out in the street and starts riots against the police. Okay, it's just amazing the two-faced approach to everything. These people are terrible. Oh, they're awful. But I mean, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, yeah, we don't want uh, them beating up people in the street. I, I got you. He goes on here, but it's really amazing. And listen, he uses the word that it is an invasion. Literally uses it. It's it's great. Frankly, have people outraged, and couldn't there be some kind of public pressure put in the next couple of days in some of these senator states saying, Why are you allowing this to continue? Because at the end of the day, senators have to deal with their voters, and at the same time, it, uh, in the bill, you give uh, uh, money to Gaza, to, to, to civilians in Gaza and Israel. But the border, I Thank mean, you. we're looking every the day border. at the Thank invasion you. of migrants, and they're playing a time game with politics on this. Couldn't uh -huh. that pressure put to bear in their home states? Uh -huh. <laughs> Couldn't that pressure be put to bear states in, whereas the migrants have four yes and stuff? Uh-huh. Uh, yes, Al. Um, I, and I think it's going to get worse and worse, especially for people like... Al Sharpton, because if he wants to keep his audience, which, you know, are, you know, quite a few uh, black Americans, they're the ones getting hurt the worst by this invasion and going to keep getting hurt the worst by the invasion is when you have it hit and not just blacks, but anywhere there is a larger poor population, uh, this is going to devastate it. I mean, it's just going to absolutely wipe it off the map. So it's it's unreal, but this is where we are. At least somebody's doing something about it. Here's Greg Abbott talking about how what he's doing, how states are helping him out with it. The assessment at the border today. You know, you've got a border trip coming up. You are hosting several governors from across the country at the southern border. Sure, that's correct. Maria, um, more than half of the governors are now joined together uh, mm -hmm. in support of a very important proposition, mm -hmm. and, and that is uh, we are guaranteed by the United States Constitution the right of self-defense uh, if states face imminent harm or invasion. Texas obviously mm -hmm. is facing both an imminent harm uh, as well as an invasion. Uh, and so these governors are rallying around Texas to support our ongoing right to self-defense 
uh, and, and the deployment of this razor wire that has led to uh, a, a massive reduction in inflow. Maria, get this. Mm -hmm. uh, the area where we uh, have, have occupied this park in Eagle Pass, Texas, that we put up the razor wire, uh, there used to be 3,000 or 4,000 people crossing that area a day. Uh, for the past three days, we've averaged just three people crossing that area. The point is, if we put up resistance, we show that we can secure the border. Joe Biden should not be stopping that. Yeah, uh -huh. right. So exactly. I mean, it's it's unreal uh, that he is trying to. But I mean, we already know why. We know why. Uh, many reasons why. And I don't think uh, I think as we're going to learn today, none of it has to do with Joe Biden. I don't think Biden's doing any of it. In fact, I'm not sure Biden is uh, president. I mean, other than, you know, physically he's there, uh, sort of. It's, yeah, it's it's really, really bad. We're going to get into all of this because it is unfreaking believable on that side of it. But the border is a huge situation, and it's not just... You know, people from, I mean, we have terrorists coming in and, you know, just unbelievable amount of of military-aged men just flowing in from the border, which obviously they're just coming here to, to work or, you know, very nefarious purposes even. Here is uh, just a news report about this huge influx of Chinese and what they're doing. They have a whole system set up to get into the country now. You got to ask yourself a question there, like, do their loyalties still lie with the CCP? Is this some kind of, you know, and none of those questions are being asked. None of these people are being vetted in any way. They literally walk in, say, I want asylum. They say, okay, here's you a court date here. By the way, here's just some free food and uh, free uh, flights and, uh, you know, all kinds of shit. But uh, here you go. This is just talking about they have an elaborate system. They have a whole Things set up just for them. Here's the news report about it. It just blows your mind. I don't know if we'll get through all this. It's kind of long, so. Just after sunrise, we saw the first group of migrants make their way from Mexico through a gap between the 30-foot steel border fence and rocks, ducking under a bit of razor wire and into the United States. Here they come. They just keep going. We were surprised to see the number of people coming through from China, really? nearly 7,000 miles away. Oh, I huh. swear, these people. Careful, watch. Careful. Yeah, don't, don't hurt cameras, yourself. And at one point, this armed border patrol agent standing 25 feet away oh, could not deter them. Incredible. Incredible. He just stands there. So, how old are you? I'm 20 years old. This man, a college graduate, told us he hoped to find work in Los Angeles. He said his trip from China took 40 days. What countries did you go through? Uh, Thailand, Morocco, Ecuador, okay. Ecuador, Colombia, Panama, Ecuador, America, Colombia, Panama. Uh, but he did Thailand first, right? Nicaragua. Yeah, and Morocco. Jeez. Thirty minutes later, a smuggler's SUV raced along the border fence and dropped another group at the oh. same spot. Oh, good! <laughs> more, more new people. I swear, make it stop. Like literally, make it. How stop. do they fit all these people in Thirty into minutes one after that, SUV. another group. Look at this. Over four days, Dozens. we witnessed nearly 600 migrants, adults and Over children, pass through this hole yep. and onto U.S. soil unchecked. 
country. We saw people from India, Vietnam, and mm -hmm. Afghanistan. Oh, Lord. That seems good. Many of the Chinese migrants who came through will end up asking for political asylum. Will Did they? you travel by yourself or with family or friends? Hey, no. no, just no. me. Just, just him. him. Yeah. Just him. Military. The Gap is a global destination. Uh-huh. <laughs> Littered with travel documents from around the world. <laughs> Don't need them anymore. They're here now. With the help of a translator, we learned a little about the Chinese migrants well, coming through. Get, you don't want to be teaching? You're a teacher? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We also met a banker and small business a owners. Banker, a small a pause it for a second. Me through Central America with dusty backpacks. But we noticed oh. middle-class migrants from China mm -hmm. arriving with rolling bags. Well, that's wonderful. They told us they took flights all the way to Mexico. Some flew from China to Ecuador because mm. it doesn't require a visa for Chinese nationals, then oh. took flights to Tijuana, Mexico. The migrants told us they connected with smugglers, or what they call snakeheads, in Tijuana. Hmm. Good name for them. And they Stakehead. each paid them about $400 for the hour-long drive that ended here at the Gap. Mm. Yeah, just 400 Why did you decide bucks. to come to the United States? Why to leave China? Why to come to What? Oh, it's hard to live there. Hard to live there. Yeah, so, um, and again, it's, uh, you know, and I know it's uh, interrupted. It's a hard thing to listen to there because there's so much going on. But it's just unreal. Um, they are talking about this whole setup, and I watched uh, quite a bit about it, to where they have now set up, like, Chinese-centric, like, hotels and stuff on this route. And, of course, we've already talked about, like, the Red Cross, uh, Doctors Without Borders, uh, all these NGOs are all involved in this, getting people into the U.S. And, you know, of course, people from China, you know, I, I, don't, think, I don't think a lot of people understand. I mean, yeah, they're considered middle class in China. Do people understand that still means poor here? Okay? Like... People really have to understand this. China developed and China makes a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that China became the U.S., okay? Like, please understand what I'm talking about here. Middle class in China that these people were, you know, they still would be considered, you know, very poor here in the U.S. I mean, we we do live in the greatest nation, and the reason for that is capitalism, and never, ever, ever forget that, because these people are coming from communist China, which apparently all the Wall Street people and everything just loved for the longest time, and all these people just exalted, and it was the best thing ever, and they're going to make so much money in China, only to find out that all the people that are considered middle class, so many of them are trying to find a way. They had enough money to fly into South America just so they could walk to get in Amer get in to the US. Do you understand what that means? Uh, you know, it just people will keep coming. We have to shut the door. We have to figure this out. I mean, it's just it's unreal at this point. And people understand it. And like I said, you know, you got people like Bill Maher, you got Al Sharpton. I mean, these people know what's going on. Uh even the uh they had a guy on CNN, and this is so funny because 
He's trying to figure this whole thing out, but at the end of it, he finally tells the truth about the difference between New York and Florida and why migrants don't have a problem coming to New York. Uh, they don't like to stay around in Florida. And uh, this is this is very, very interesting. It was so hilarious because the guy just comes right out and says it. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised CNN went with it. I'm surprised they didn't... Uh, Try to like, oh, you know what? Hey, uh, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should just uh, call it a day. But here he is. Right, you don't, you don't touch our police officers. You don't touch anybody. Thank you, everybody. Mm. I mean, we're hearing it in general from President yeah. Biden on down. Right. To hear her talk about that, it is also directly related to the fact that these were police officers. Mm. Does that have any impact? Does that change anything? Well. It's so complicated because, you know, you're a New Yorker, you move through the city every day as I do. We see these people, we touch these people, they're out looking for work, they're delivering our food, they're at the gas stations and the car wash. Uh, I mean, these are people Is he talking who about came illegals here? in waves. Pause it for a second. Know, a hmm. I mean, these are people who came in waves, you know, 170,000 probably to New York City. Um, but within that group, right. this hardworking you know, throngs of people in search of hope and a better life. There is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, this particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were they doing snatches on the street, iPhones, oh iPads, clothing, so on and so no, forth. No. Uh, one of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. And I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. <laughs> so what the detectives are telling listen, me is listen. they have crews here that operate in New York do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money, and then come back. And I'm like, oh, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, they don't stick around and steal in Florida, because in Florida, yeah, you go to jail. New York, yeah, they just let you right back out. You do whatever the hell you want in New York. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to go to Florida. Florida, pff, I want to end up in prison. Jeez, I just want to be able to break the law and, and do my own thing and not really worry about it. So... And this is what we're going to get. I mean, I don't think people truly understand this. This is what we're going to get. We're going to get a bunch of entitled, um, lawless uh, group of people because they've basically been gifted um, into the country. They said, hey, come on in. No reason to, uh, you know, sign anything. No, no reason to do anything. Uh, we're going to start giving you stuff for free. Don't worry about the pesky flag because we hate it, too. And don't worry about all that history and stuff because we're working on rewriting it. And we don't want you to know actual history anyway because then you would want to, you know, do more learning. And, of course, that's going to push you further and further away from the Democrat Party. And that cannot happen because that's the whole reason they are here. Make no mistake about it. These people are here as a new voting base for the Democrat Party. It is the only chance they have to sustain uh, any kind of power in the future because I, I really, really see things swinging the opposite way. And it's going to make a big difference in this election. For sure, you're going to see it probably more than you have in a very long time that the pendulum is swinging back to the right. The only hope that the left has and the Democrats really have is to get as many of these people in and get them 
registered to vote and just keep them happy? Why do you think they're handing out everything? If it wasn't to give them more power, no one would do this because no sane person does any of this. No sane person leaves the border wide open and says, come one, come all, we'll just take you all in and you know, do huge disservice to, uh, you know, actual real citizens. And I think there's two parts to that. Number one, they need the voting block. And number two, it hurts the people they hate the most. I mean, they really, really, really hate people like myself, anybody who is conservative, who, and if they can punish you and at the same time work on getting their way, oh, they're definitely on that. I mean, there's no way they're walking away from it. And I, I believe that's where we're at here with this. It's uh, it's disgusting. It's sad, and it it really needs to uh, end. But uh, we'll see what it takes to make that happen. I mean, yeah, we'll see. Um, Joe Biden's not going to do it. We do know that because he just um, yeah he he's not there anymore. Uh, the one thing they were going to do to try to uh, rectify some of this and really bring somebody uh, to account for it was they were impeaching. Uh, Mayorkas. Well, didn't look like it was going as planned. And then one of the Republicans who had said was voting yes, switched his vote and said no. And everybody's like, what is going on? Why is this so bad? Of course, there was a couple Republicans went over to the no side, which I don't understand. I mean, this guy really does need fired and, and taken out. But then uh, the guy who changed his vote from yes to no finally explained what was going on and uh, makes a little more sense. Mr. Blakemore here wanted to do a brief video just to explain some of the confusion that's, that's going on out there. Uh, yesterday on the House floor, we held a vote, the House of Representatives held a vote on articles of impeachment for Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas. Now, this is a much anticipated vote. There was a lot of coverage. So I get why there was so much attention around this. But what actually took place was a very simple procedural thing that I'd like to explain. So I voted in favor of, of that motion, right? And um, right, as, right before the vote was about to close, it was clear that that vote was going to fail. It was 215 to 215. And when it's a tie in the House of Representatives, that means that that bill or that motion or that resolution will fail. And so what typically is done in that situation, a member of the majority leadership team will go and switch their vote at the last minute so that person can offer what's called a motion to reconsider. Meaning instead of the bill failing and never being able to be brought up again, somebody will be able to bring that back up at a time and choosing of when the Speaker of the House and the Majority Leader want <laughs> Because he switched his vote? Well, that's the fun about being on leadership. Sometimes you... you, you because you, you he voted. Take... Okay, so to explain it, a lot of people were confused about that. Basically, you can't bring, if something fails, uh, you can't bring it back up if you're in the affirmative or if you voted for it, you can't bring it back up and be like, hey, that failed last time, but we want to do it again. They don't allow for that. It can only be brought up by somebody who voted no. So somebody switches from a yay to a nay so they can bring it back up and be like, hey, we should revisit that because I was on the no side and I think I'm a yes now. So we should have a whole new vote. And... Uh, yeah, that's 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 what that was about. So, and they're hoping they're going to have more people back, um, and uh, they're thinking they can get that pushed through. Which I mean, he deserves to be impeached. These all these people should be impeached and kicked out of office. 
it's unreal. It's a tragedy. It's a travesty, and it should have never happened. And but that's where we're at. That is exactly where we're at. And it's uh, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, the way things are right now. Uh, here is CNN trying to uh, you know, diss on Elon Musk because Elon Musk is talking about the border, and this guy tries to be a complete douchebag, but this is just who they are. Related on Twitter or X by Elon Musk, who posted, quote, the long-term goal of the so-called border security bill is enabling illegals to vote. It will do the total opposite of securing the border, unquote. Now, I know mm. that Elon Musk is not an expert on illegal alien, uh, immigration or uh -oh. the border, but he has a huge megaphone. Um, hey, shut explain up. what he's talking about here. Is he wrong? Uh, well, I, I think he needs to go back to doing the two million Teslas that are currently being recalled right now to be able to focus in on that. No, it's not focused on trying to be able to get more illegals to vote. That's absurd uh, in the process. On it, it is uh, against the law for anyone that is not a citizen of the United States to be able to vote in the United States. Okay, we understand that. This is the usual line. This is the usual garbage. Well, illegals aren't allowed to vote. Well, they are allowing them to get IDs and everything else so they can work. Uh, what's it take to register to vote? Does anybody know? A legal state-issued ID? Yeah, that's it. You think they're going to ask? Well, of course not. So how many of these people you think will be eligible to vote? And so they ask them. There's a whole montage. And, of course, they all say, oh, Joe Biden. Yeah, Biden brought us here. Biden let us in. Yeah, we vote for Biden. Oh, weird. Never would have guessed that. Now, here's a question, though. Most of these people coming through, especially from China and all these, uh, you know, countries similar to that, uh, they're going to turn conservative pretty quickly. But by that time, will it matter? And that is the question. And, of course, everybody knows that people, if the guy walks in and says, I'm an illegal alien, I want to vote, they're going to tell him no, obviously, because it's illegal, but that's not how it works. And we know that. We know that all too well. I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back. All right, and we're back. So the report came out this week that they're not going to charge Joe Biden for having a slew of classified documents. Now, it's made some people really, really angry in the Democrat Party, because, uh, well, the report uh, really, really is uh, it's rough. I mean, let's just be honest. But the thing is, you need to remember, they're not charging Joe Biden with this. They're not going to pursue a case against him for the classified document hall, which he had tons and not just from when he was vice president, for, but from when he was a senator. So it means that, you know, he absolutely had no right to take, uh, you know, documents home, whereas the president can declassify. And the president has top secret clearance, obviously, and the senator does not have the same clearance. So there's, it's just, it's two different things, but, you know, one, they're trying to prosecute the other. Uh, they are not. And in not pursuing a case against Joe Biden, Biden, the uh, prosecutor or the special counsel, whatever, the investigator said Joe Biden was a well-meaning old man or old, well-meaning elderly gentleman with a very bad memory. 
And it said during the interview, he couldn't remember exactly when he was vice president or recall many of these things. Therefore, a trial would not work out because there's no way he could contribute to his own defense. The scary part about that apparently is he's still totally fine to be president, though. Come on. He's fine to be president. He just can't be held responsible for his actions, which is even more terrifying when you think about it, because that means he could do all kinds of shit right now and be like, I can't be held accountable. I'm a nice old guy to, you know, can't remember anything. So it's, it's unreal, but we've seen this decline. Like this isn't new. It isn't like this just happened. It isn't like this is uh, something that we didn't already know was going on. But the problem is, when a lot of these documents were taken home, that wasn't the case at all. And, you know, we're talking about all the way back to being a senator. And then, you know, 2008, 9, 10, you know, uh, as he was vice president. I mean, this is really, really insane. But we know that, uh, you know, his brain has been slipping for a long time. Uh, the people on CNN, though, this guy is really, really upset because he thinks it's uh, going to hurt his, you know, campaign, which, I mean, it should. It should end it. But, you know, here we go. That stuff in this report. Is he wearing that pants? had no place in that. There is no reason why this report had to be 300 pages. There is no mm -hmm. reason why this fairly straightforward case had to be treated this way. And the, uh, I mean, this was mm -hmm. just like what James Comey did to Hillary Clinton when he supposedly cleared her of the use of classified information and then talked about how reckless and terrible she was. You know, pro the job of prosecutors is to put up or shut up. If you have a case, bring your case. If you don't have a case, shut the hell up or say as little. Do you think he's necessary. playing politics? I absolutely do. You know, Merrick Garland picked a Republican prosecutor, a someone who worked for Donald Trump. I don't know why Merrick Garland chose him. Because Democrats seem to have this idea Winker. that if they pick Republicans for these tough jobs, they'll get some credit for no. it. It didn't work with no. James Comey, appointed by a Democrat. It didn't work um, with her. And I think this was, um, there was no case to be brought here. But her did his best to damage Biden politically. <laughs> okay, no case to be brought to begin with. I mean, then you're admitting that there's no case against Donald Trump then. I mean, that's essentially because everything that was there, I mean, it was admitted in this report that there was highly sensitive stuff, eyes-only stuff, stuff that should never have been let out, that he talked about to people about this stuff. He talked to a ghostwriter about it. Uh, it's just, uh, it's unreal. But, I mean, we've seen this coming for a very, very, very long time. I mean, we know he's not competent. I mean, you're getting mad because this report says he's incompetent? I mean, Joe Biden's been telling you he's competent. This is one day. This is just one day. I think this is Friday. This is the day where, you know, this report comes out. So what do you do? I mean, the whole idea is like they're saying, well, hey, this guy's incompetent or whatever. You take that win. But as a campaign, because you're running for president, you're going to have to come out and be like, no, you know, but you don't want to directly, although he does, directly uh, go against that report because you don't want to go to jail. 
but you want to come out and make some speeches and do some public speaking and look, um, you know, very strong and very competent for the people because the people are going to hear this and say, well, yeah, he's kind of been slipping. But if you can go out and really put on a good front, then you might convince people that, yeah, they're just kind of playing politics. And that was the excuse they use, which is what they want to try to pass off as well. This guy just used this excuse to not prosecute. And, uh, you know, Biden's still there. But what happened was this. This is all from Friday. And this is all from one day, all these different gaffes. When I we pushed all these programs, I said, I'm going to be a president of everybody whether you live in a red state or a green state. Making Roe v. Ward the law. Oh, no. oh my God. Thank you. If I was smart, I should leave now. Yes, if you were smart, you should leave now. Here's this. Um, this is very interesting. Uh, we'll talk about what it means afterward. Pled guilty. You know, I, January 6th. Right, right, right after I was elected, I went to what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. Right. I was in, I was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked oh, at no, me no. and said, Mitterrand uh, said, 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 you know, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Oh, yeah. Is that what Mitterrand said? And I looked at him, uh-huh. and, the, and the Chancellor of Germany said, uh, what would you say, Mr. President, if you picked up the paper tomorrow in the London Times, mm. and the London Times said, a thousand people break through the House of Commons, break down the doors, two bobbies are killed in order to stop the election of the Prime Minister. What would you say? Oh, my gosh. I never thought about it from that perspective. What would we say if that happened in another democracy right. around the world? Dumb, right. We, what would, would we say if there was... what the government did to uh, piss them off so bad, number one, because I always blame the government. And you should, too. The first default position should be government bad. So 99.9% of the time, what did the government do? What did they do? What decision did they make to cause people to get that angry to kick down the door? Number one. Number two, uh, two police officers did not die in January 6th. No way, no how, never happened, okay? There may have been, you know, Capitol Police that died later of some other thing, you know, because there were a few that had, like, strokes or whatever. That's, that's you know, that's a whole thing. It has nothing to do, I mean, maybe you could, you know, stretch and say, well, their blood pressure got too high because of all the craziness going on January 6th, and that caused the you know, blood clot to move faster and killed them a couple days earlier than it would have originally. I don't know, but it didn't cause their death. And that may be the really infuriating part about that is because he's still claiming that two police officers were killed on January 6th. And so that may be a huge, uh, huge part that pisses you off. But what you should listen to is who he said the leader of France was. Francois Mitterrand. I mean, no big deal. He's just, you know, he's been dead since I was 16. I mean, you know, almost 30 years ago. Um, man died in 1996. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did, wasn't talking to uh, Mitterrand. I mean, maybe he was. You know, let's not... Um, Let's not digress. Uh, he uh, could have been. Uh, what's even crazier is, I don't have this clip, but uh, 
he also went on at some point in the same day and was talking about the same situation and said that he was talking to, uh, I think it was Clement Cole from Germany, who's been dead since 1998. I mean, these were people that were in, you know, in power and in, you know, government when he was a senator. I mean, and they were talking about, like, he doesn't remember a lot of when he was uh, vice president or anything else. And honestly, at some point, you know, I think in the early 2000s, uh, you know, it just, it left, you know, his brain just did not do well. And, you know, we know he's had like aneurysms and stuff. This is not, uh, not anything uh, out of the ordinary for somebody who has had, you know, significant brain, uh, damage and brain injury. So, you know, we are where we are, but, uh, it gets worse here. Uh, he, completely uh froze up at one point somebody made this video where they added some extra audio in and i hope you enjoy this but this is biden i think thursday or friday you know right around the same time frame just can't get the thought out of his head some movement and i don't want to i don't want to let me change my words there's some movement there's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response oh my word. from uh-huh. the opposition. But, <laughs> what um, is he doing? It, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. <laughs> but it seems to be uh, oh, no. a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing Ooh. negotiation right oh. now. Right. This bill would also address two other important priorities. First, it provides urgent funding for Ukraine. I'm wearing my Ukraine tie, my Ukraine pin, which I've been... Oh, I had to pause that really quick. Yeah, the first one was the one that had the um, the funny part in the background where just screaming at him to say it because that was him trying to uh, explain the um, Hamas uh, response because they were talking about trying to negotiate a deal to get some hostages and some Americans out. Somebody asked him about it, and he spent like five minutes in that agonizing, just going on and on and on and not saying anything. So I thought that was funny. Here's just more of his gaff material from this past week. Wearing because they're, they're in dire straits right now defending themselves against yeah. the Russian onslaught. A brutal conquest. The clock is ticking. Every week, every month that passes without new aid Ukraine means fewer artillery shells, fewer defense air, air defense systems, fewer tools for Ukraine to defend itself against this Russian onslaught. Okay. Just what Putin wants. Mm-hmm. Every day between now and November, the American people are gonna know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump oh my and his MAGA Republican friends. <laughs> the MAGA Republicans, him and the MAGA Republicans. This people is just, I mean, this guy is just gone. I mean, it's just completely insane. But somebody finally uh, brought it up to him and said, hey, listen, um, about this report, about your memory, about, you know, your issues, your cognitive issues, especially over this documents case, what is going on? Now, this is uh, this is pretty long, but this is uh, them really hammering him because they need to. They need to. This is unreal. This could be setting up something. After we listen to this clip, we'll really talk about that. But uh, this is uh, just part of he gets really, really angry when he's discussing it. Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, mm-hmm. wasn't any of their damn business. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. 
some of you have commented, I wear since the day he died, every single day, the rosary he got from Our Lady of... And he can't... Oh, no. Doesn't know. Oh. Every Memorial Day, we hold a service remembering him attending to share classified information. Okay, so there he is. That's another gaffe. Where he's talking about his, you know, his son, Bo, who died. And they bury, he, he t- took his medal of Our Lady of... Well, anyway, well, I haven't heard of the Our Lady of the Anyway. Maybe it's Our Lady of Guadalupe. I have no idea, and nobody knows. Um, but anyway, I guess that just shows that they're super Catholic again. Unreal. But uh, here he goes in. He's starting to get pissed about the documents and saying he shared information with a ghostwriter and all that. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter? With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. But the special counsel said it. No, he did not say that. Let me answer your questions. The fact of the matter is, what I didn't want repeated, I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him, was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in in Afghanistan. And I was of multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified, I should have said it was should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. That's what it is referring to. It was not classified information in that document. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American mm-hmm. people have been watching, and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is wow. your judgment. That is not the judgment of the press. They express concerns Wait. about your mental health. No, it is. Not the, no, it is. The, not the judgment of the press. I mean, isn't she the press? I'm pretty sure she is. I mean, maybe somebody should let him know. Press, you are too old. Mr. President, yeah. in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. So why does it have to be you now? Why, what is your answer to that Because I'm the most question? qualified person in this country to be president of the United States and finish the job I started. And something the special counsel said. In- oh, yeah. Here is. Um, oh, yeah. This is going to get good. Um, this is where, you know, he actually gets pushed a little bit uh, on this. Gets pushed a little bit about what the actual report said because they they brought up some of it's like hey you shared information with a ghostwriter he's like I did not I did not I did not I mean the report says you did and says you have a terrible memory so maybe you don't remember but uh, here here's Peter Ducey um, and again you know he makes a he makes a good point uh unfortunately it's not the point he's trying to make but he does make the point of uh well if my memory was good i wouldn't let you ask me questions and uh which is true uh which obviously he does neither so i mean he's not proving he's actually proving our point or the the point of the special counsel not his own point but here he is letting peter Ducey ask him some questions report is that one of the reasons you are not charged is because close your mouth in his description you are a well-meaning elderly man mm. with a poor memory mm-hmm. i'm well-meaning and i'm an elderly man and i know what the hell i'm doing i've been president no I'm you don't this country back on its feet i don't need his recommendation it's How totally bad is your memory and can mm. you continue as president my memory mm. is so bad i let you speak wow <laughs> I don't think that's making your case because if you had a good memory, you know it's Peter Ducey and you know you shouldn't take that question. But anyway. That's, uh-huh. that's, that's you know that didn't even. Hello. As you know, Hello. Mm-hmm. initially, 
the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian. Mediterranean. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. Oh, man. I talked to Bibi to open the gate on the Israeli side. Okay, so he's talking about, there's another clip he's talking about, Sisi. Uh, opening the gates to Mexico. Uh, CC lives in. Uh, he's the you know leader of Egypt. I don't know. I don't freaking know. This is just terrible. Um, that was just this past week. Okay, the special counsel comes out and says, "Hey, this guy can't stand trial because you know his brain doesn't work right anymore, and all this stuff I'm playing you. Obviously, it doesn't. His brain doesn't function right anymore." And we're going to add to that really quick before we discuss what the implications are and how they would go about it and if they are going to go about it. I don't know any of those. I can speculate, but I'm not sure. Uh, but here's the last one. This is Kevin McCarthy being interviewed, and he's talking about trying to negotiate with Biden. And this is one of the best like comedic lines ever. I think it should be a punchline, um, and it should be a skit, but unfortunately, it's neither. Unfortunately, this is the former Speaker of the House of Representatives talking about having negotiations with the President of the United States, the most powerful office on earth, and what he had to do to negotiate. This is unreal. He did not negotiate the debt ceiling with Biden. I could not negotiate the debt ceiling with Biden. What do you he mean? Could, Explain that. He talked from cards. <laughs> hmm. Give me, I'll give you a couple hmm. of examples. Okay. If I wanted to talk work requirements, if I wanted to talk what we would cut, if I wanted to talk NEPA reform, if I wanted to talk... He, if it's not on the card, yeah. we're not talking about it. If you're the president of the United States My and Israel goes to war and you put a lid on it, what happens in the next couple months could send us into World War III, and the leader of the free world says there's a lid. I don't care what party you're huh. If you can't speak, <laughs> if you can't deliver in any given moment at the minute of president, right. then you and the family have to have that discussion that it's not the best time for you. He talked from cards. If it's not on the card, uh -huh. we're not talking about it. That is the greatest line ever. If it's not on the card... We're not talking about it. Can you imagine? I mean, it's freaking hilarious. And it needs to be a skit and a great one-liner. The problem with the whole thing is it's real and it's, you know, the government. Like, it's just bad. It's just so bad. I mean, if it's not on the card. I mean, I guess you could really screw him up, man. But I think that's where we're at. And this is what uh, the point I was making earlier is this is the reason they try to kind of keep Biden in there. If they get somebody who's too independent minded, well, they may go off and try to do their own thing. And Biden is the perfect person because the the people with the highest interest, the the money people, the Soroses and the, the people like that, the darker money, the people who want to, you know, do these social experiments and, and fuck with uh, the public. Well, they love having somebody like Biden. They don't want to have somebody who's an ideologue who's going to, you know, follow their principles or whatever that may be, unless all their principles line up with theirs. And I guess they would be fine with that. 
But uh, somebody uh, like Biden is great because Biden, because of most of the mid-2000s and most of the time as a senator, uh, was seen as kind of a, a, a likable idiot who uh, was fairly moderate. He wasn't too radical on anything. And so a lot of people voted for him thinking he was going to be a very moderate, middle-of-the-road kind of person. And what happened is the fact that Joe Biden, as you know him, and Joe Biden, as his family knows him, no longer exists. That brain, all that is gone, okay? It's gone. And the person that's there now is filling in the blanks. He's just filling in the blanks as he goes. That's what the cards are for. He reads everything off cards. He reads everything because there is no cognitive um, spontaneity anymore. You know, it's it's not the, hey, let's riff for, you know, 30, 40 minutes about this subject or that. That's just not possible anymore. So there's a lot of people that really enjoy that because they can just insert whatever here. Give him some money. Make sure he's happy and comfortable. Now, uh, you know, let's send somebody in who can write up a speech and then here's the idea and you defend this idea. And that's where we're at because there's no way you change. You don't change your mind about huge major issues, you know, from when you're formable, for, formative adults, you know, your formative years, you form all these opinions. You're an adult, you're in your 40s, your 30s and 40s. Those are your opinions. Unless something seriously drastic happens when you get older, they don't change. But he does. And then the reason is because his brain no longer functions correctly. And if it's not on the card, you know, we're not going to talk about it. And that's just the way it is. It's unreal. Very unreal. This is funny, though. Speaking of some comic relief here, somebody dug up this old um, um, commercial. Actually, it wouldn't be a commercial. It would be a PSA from Bo Biden when he was uh, a prosecutor. And this is a PSA that he made. And this is hilarious. Somebody brought this out because it's just way too funny. Bo Biden, Attorney General of the State of Delaware. I'm here to talk to you about something that's very important to me okay. and to my office, senior abuse. For every one of these types of crimes that's reported to our office, five go unreported. But two million senior Americans are affected every year. Wow. And 80%, 80% of these crimes are committed by family members against their so-called loved ones. We yeah. need your help. Jill, Seniors need Kamala. So if you suspect that anyone is affected oh. by any of these crimes, mm -hmm. please contact our elder abuse hotline. <laughs> I um somebody should call uh, because there's a guy named Joe. I uh, know him. He's being abused by his family. They're walking him out, letting him um, just go right down the road, uh, and you know, not turning back at all. And it's uh, it's not good. It's not good for any of us. It's it's all bad, all bad, all the time. Unbelievable. Um. So a couple other things uh, we got to get into. So uh, we'll see. Oh, what I was going to say is uh, this is kind of setting it up. Now, will they get rid of Biden? Will they get rid of him before the election? A lot of people think they have to, and especially with this new report, there's a lot of people that are saying that it's it's going to be a you know an, an inevitability or it's a necessity. I don't know that they can. I know that there's ways they could uh, make that work. I know there's people that are pushing for it. Um, but can they pull it off? I just don't know. Who would they put in? Obviously, it would be either uh, Gavin or, you know, Big Mike. Uh, one of those two. Um, 
I think Newsom would be uh, a terrible idea. Um, Michelle Obama, she's still popular enough, but I mean, that Obama name is really um, waning when it comes to the young people. They're pretty sick of that whole situation. I don't know. Really don't know. But here's one thing. So always want to remind people, number one, never, ever, ever buy 100% into anyone, okay? Just don't, you know? I, I've said this many times, you know, I like Trump as president. I don't agree with everything he did. In fact, there's some things I vehement, vehemently disagree with him on, and COVID was one of the biggest. Um, and there's still things he talks about that I do not agree with, but for the most part, I do, and unfortunately, we just don't have enough of selection to select someone different or that there is a better selection right now. That being said, I always say that because people get sucked into these things really easy and they get somebody like a Bill Maher who's making some really good points about the woke shenanigans and all this crazy stuff. And he made the comment about, um, uh, you know, uh, Biden could fix it tomorrow and all that. But you have to remember, and something I always try to remind myself, is Bill Maher has been a Democrat shill for a very, very long time. And he will toe the Democrat line almost unquestioningly because he just hates Republicans so much. Now, what makes Bill Maher hate Republicans? I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure what in Hollywood made them hate uh, Republicans so much. For a long time, they said, well, it was Republicans trying to take away all their fun and wanting to censor everything. That's not true. That was, uh, you know, the biggest one in recent memory that they were fighting about would have been um, under Tipper Gore, who, yeah, definitely wasn't a Republican. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, never forget, these people are shills. Here he is talking about... Um, Who is, um, he's on Patrick Bet David. That's what it is. I had to remember what show he's on. He went on Patrick Bet David, or he had Patrick Bet David on his show, I should say. Bill doesn't go do other shows. He had Patrick Bet David on his show, and they were discussing uh, Gavin Newsom. And this just shows you, I mean, he really, really is a shill. And don't ever forget that. Like, just because he makes a couple good points, you got to step back and go, yeah, he, he's still a shill. How do you feel about Newsom? Had him on my show Friday. I saw that. And uh, I, I, first of all, I love him. Just You just like a guy or you don't. I've known him for a long time. He's done my show for a long time. Okay. Do, do I love everything he does as the governor of California? No, I don't. Okay. I wouldn't say I'm undertaxed. Uh, yeah, it's this, I have issues with this state. He's a guy, one reason I want him to run for president, well, is because he's obviously a winner <laughs> this guy could do it. It's insane that we have the guy, but we can't run him because Define we have to winner. tiptoe around Biden. And Define a I winner. love this line of questioning. Define well, a winner. He would win the election. Oh, so so he would win the election. So he's a talented debater, speaker, communicator, yeah, deflector. And, and politician. And he's right. a smart guy. He's, right. he's a smart, real guy with a pair of balls. Do I love everything? No. You never knew what to do with a politician. But first of all, I think if he ran for president, it would be Keep great talking. because it would force him to move to the center. Now you're running not just in California. I mean, this is California. California. It's weird. Are, are you are you a are you a uh, love this question? Are you a results driven guy? <laughs> no, I like to think. 
watch things yeah. fall apart. I mean, of course you, you wouldn't build a show that you wouldn't build and win at the levels you won, you know, for decades if you weren't results driven, right? I mean, you're 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 Bill Maher. You know, I, what about what do you mean? Well, what's the point about results? That's exactly where I'm going with you. So results, so results driven yeah. guy. Right. What areas has Newsom won in? You said he's a winner. Oh. Winner of the election. Good stuff. He could win the election. But based right. on what, though? Do you want results? Like, what has he done <laughs> That's in good. California to say on, he's Bill. a winner? What, what, oh, uh, God. Bill's no, uncomfortable. I He made it rain, okay, yeah. dude? He's got nothing. It wasn't he's got raining. Someone. He said that. He said, great uh, job. It wasn't <laughs> raining, and now it's raining. So he's got my vote. Okay. Okay, so... Now you understand what I'm talking about when I say somebody is a shill. He has no answer. He said, well, the guy's a winner because he won an election in California. Well, a Democrat winning an election in California is like saying a Chinese person would win an election in China. I mean, are there people there other than Chinese? Yeah, there's some. Um, is there enough to flop an election? No. And again, you're talking California. Are there conservatives in California? Yeah, not a lot. Enough to change an election? Not a chance. So, yeah, it is weirdoville. And the problem is, Bill, is you're completely fine with it. And you're trying to export that to the rest of the world. Don't let it die in California. Let this come to the inevitable conclusion in California, way away from most of uh, the rest of the country. And it can implode. And then it'll have to be rebuilt. And then you can get back to some common sense. Because I think that's where it's going to have to go. I think... California, I mean, I think they're going to have to come to a real crisis before they change because they're just, they've gone so far that way for so long that it's hard to reverse. But obviously Newsom's on board with all of it. I mean, he's been driving all of it. Remember, he was the one that was out there pushing all the COVID stuff and throwing people in jail and everything else while going to the French laundry and shit. He's just, a, he's, he's one of the worst. He's just horrible. You get him and Gretchen Whitmer and Nancy Pelosi together, and I swear to God, it looks like they are from the Hunger Games. They look like the ridiculous, crazy, clown-looking people that lived in the Capitol in that movie, and it's just unreal, man, but they are that. They are those people, and if you think about U.S. politicians the same way as you think about the government in that movie, you're not far off. If they could get away with doing something like the Hunger Games, they would do it tomorrow. Trust me, governments are just are horrible. You always have to be fighting against it. Just That's the way it is. And I don't mean physically fighting or anything like that. What I'm saying is fighting against its expansion, voting against it, you know, getting bigger, voting, voting it out of your life, voting for the minimum, because that's the only way for self-preservation, honestly, when it comes to government. But Bill Maher is just a shill. That's who he is, unfortunately. So, you know. And the next thing I'm going to talk about is the fact that the reason people like Bill Maher are a shill because they can't get out of this bubble and they they don't try to get out of that bubble. You know, I mean, it's just like when he was on there and talking to Roseanne and Roseanne's like talking about the World Economic Forum and everything. And he's like, what's that? Who is Wow, Schwab, what is this craziness you're talking about? And 
that's well, also silly. And, you know, he had the moment, too, where he was on his show and he had Dennis Prager on, and they all brought Dennis Prager on so they could laugh at him because he's this funny Jew conservative who thinks that, uh, you know, trans people are this or that. And this has been several years ago. And, and you know, Dennis Prager's like, listen, you know, they're trying to put tampons in boys' bathrooms saying they menstruate. And Bill Maher laughs at him. He's like, nobody's saying that. That's insane. Nobody's that crazy. They're just trying to, you know, be accepting. And then, of course, he gets to made to look like a fool because he doesn't actually pay attention. Well, if you want to know why, it's things like this. And this last part is a documentary they made. Now, this is insane. A documentary made about them trying to make a documentary for January 6th. Yes, a documentary about a documentary. You got to love it. The camera is pointing at the camera or something. I don't know. It's dumb. Anyway, uh, here it is. Um, This segment about how they tried to cinematically pump up January 6th to make it look bigger, to burn it into public's uh, knowledge, so therefore to accomplish essentially the same goal as they were trying to with the uh, illegal migrants. Here you go. The committee had gathered a trove of information. The challenge, what to do with it. The one thing that we knew was the information that we have is compelling. The thing we needed to do was tell that to the American people in a compelling way. compelling way. So that's why we brought in a former president of ABC News. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got a call pretty much yeah, out call. of the blue Did you? Um, from the January the 6th yeah, I got a call. They wanted, they wanted a storyteller. And Positive while they were brilliant, they were so brilliant. We, we turned to a British brilliant. They were brilliant lawyers. Right. Storytelling for a mass audience is not what they do. That's not what they do. To bring in a guy well, like this mean? who would think outside the box yeah. really did prove to be fruitful. Did and it, it was Goldston who really began uh, to envision this as, as, in a way, a kind of mini-series. That oh. there would be you know, sort of nine episodes and that these episodes would tackle particular themes. Incredible. Now, can you imagine, why would you want to do this? Okay, do they do this for, uh, I mean, would you need to do this? Would there be any reason to do this? Can you imagine any other court or any other thing going to Hollywood and being like, Hey, Hey, we got this case against, um, this guy. Okay. He murdered some people. And what we're really worried about though, is the jury falling asleep. Okay. And we're really worried that the jury, uh, you know, may get a little bored and not really pay attention. What we need you to do is to take the evidence that we're going to give you and I want to make a pop. I need to grab people. Now, it's not, they don't do that, right? They don't do that, and they wouldn't be allowed to do that. And the reason they're not allowed to do that is because, well, that's not evidence. Then you're just sensationalizing and making all this shit and making people think a different way about something. It's just unreal. But these people did it, and they did it, as we know, because they they wanted to cement this into the consciousness to push people like myself and push, you know, opinion that actually I think is quite a bit in the majority out of people change the way they think, because if they think they're going to jail for it, then people will not speak. And, you know, the first amendment, apparently not a thing, but here we go. We're going to go on. 
attack on the Capitol, the investigation. The That's first the hearing theme. was primetime television. As the nation is about to witness a defining moment, wow. the first hearing before the country, the results of the January 6th investigation. Mm -hmm. This is an extraordinary moment in American history. When it came to that first hearing, we knew how high the stakes were. Right? It's about to hold its first primetime hearing. We were either going to, you know, make people you know, realize that this was important, important, you know, or once once you've lost them, you've, you've lost them for good. Mm -hmm. Why would you need to do any of that? It's unreal. They're admitting it. Like, hey, you know, we we're probably going to lose a lot of people if we just had a hearing, but we really... They really pumped this up. They thought this would give them the edge forever. Luckily, it failed. They shouldn't have got a producer from ABC because, you know, ABC fails all the time, and it sucks. I just don't know. It's unreal, but, yeah, that's a whole documentary. You can go watch it. I think it's uh, – you probably find it on YouTube or whatever, but um, don't even know the name of it, but I know it's a documentary about the people documenting January 6th to try to blow it up, and they go on and – a lot of these people, like in Congress, they got carried away thinking they're like brilliant fucking actors and actresses on a big stage, and they're all being dramatic and stupid and ridiculous. It's all stupid, idiotic, and ridiculous. It all should be just, you know what? Do everybody a favor. You know what? Call it good. Get the people out of jail. Set all the shit on fire, the, the tape and whatever else, and just call it. Anyway, I've got to go for today. I will be back next week. I have run out of time. Next week, we're going to have so much more. We're going to find out more about these wars that are going to be kicking off. And uh, we'll see. Anyway, until then, no agenda. Just America. America. Now freedom needs each American to dedicate himself to its preservation. We must not allow our liberties to be endangered by neglect of our duties as citizens. Learn the facts about all candidates and issues. Then, vote for the one you believe in. Guard your American heritage of freedom. It needs you.